I tell you that a friend of mine in Iowa... Uh, Bill McIntyre? Uh, no, there's someone you don't know, though. Captured uh, the young boy that lived next door and put him in a cage. He did? Yeah, right. <laughs> put him in a cage and offered him free food. Delicacies, man. Stuff from the Chinese. Good, there's good Chinese food in Iowa. Yeah. Good Chinese food, Japanese food, good American home cooking, free. Yeah. You know, here, take it. Take it, Larry. And the kid mm. cried a lot, moaned, and did things about, what are you doing? You're crazy and you're insane, and they'll find me. And they didn't, and he would refuse the free food. Really? Yeah, but when he got a chance to work. Well, doctor, he then he... Ate like a horse. Dr. Berkowitz would be very happy to hear about this, since he, you know... It's it, Dr. Berkowitz. Dr. Son. Berkowitz is the one over there in the uh, mayonnaise jar with the holes punched in top. Yeah, that's right. That's put a, we put a little clover in for him every yeah, right. He's a little cannibal. He eats yeah. rats. Yeah, oh, he does. Yeah. Well, maybe if we put the lever, Dr. Lever... Uh, well, Dr. Lever's, the Dr. Lever brothers, one yes. and two. If you push yeah. both of them, they pay you for working. I didn't working. want to pronounce right. it the other way because they're, they're, they're like Jewish, you know. That's right. <clears throat> and uh, Leve is the way they Leve. pronounce Leve, Franklin Delano Leve. How are you getting along with the uh, the uh, the mongoose separation experiment? Oh, well, uh, we find that when we separate a mongoose, part of him uh, dies <laughs> and another part of him uh, kicks for a while. Patriotic nationalism, man, that's true. You know, the mongoose would refuse to... But it is acquired behavior. If we put other mongoose in the uh, proximity of the mongoose that we're separating, <laughs> they they <laughs> yeah, get yeah. very nervous. I think that term is freak out, doctor. Ah, uh, well, that's not hardly scientific. Uh, <laughs> they won't eat any well, of the free yeah. food we give them to watch. <laughs> I know. No. They're little rats. It. We give them the rats that failed the other test. Yeah, right. They'll but eat shirkers, but they yeah. won't eat workers. No, they won't <laughs> eat. That's good. That's true. Mobile Queen is good. If That's my good. amendment is defeated, gentlemen, small mines, which are numerous not only in my state of Kentucky, <coughs> but West Virginia, Tennessee, Virginia, and Alabama, will be closed. Now, the mines will not be employable elsewhere, many of them because they are too old. Those who are employable right. will have to go to the big gassy mines. Right. Yes, sir. The dangerous mines in which nearly 400 have been killed in 16 years. Now, now just let me read a list of states concerned. Alabama has 17 gassy mines, 18 non-gassy mines. Colorado has 23 gassy mines and 36 non-gassy mines. Iowa has only five mines, but they are non-gassy. And two of them are closed, you know. Say, um, I want to yes. tell everybody out there that it's going to be all right. I'm just shucking and jiving, as you know. Right, I'm looking time. for a great thing in this congressional record. But I've got the shucking and jiving. I got uh, I can just riff. Okay, riff away. I just thought, thought I'd riff. Did you hear the latest Indian news? I just wanted to tell him it was going to be Here, all right. Here, uh, uh, Earl. What is the latest? This, have you ever played any of these things? We were happy then. Why don't you try the... The girl, I am a paper bag. For see if that's interesting. Uh, the latest Indian news: a band of 150 American Indians were turned back by armed U.S. marshals, or was turned back, uh, early Friday, in the first step of a plan to occupy and reclaim 3.5 million acres of federal land in Northern California. Did you hear about this? Members of the Pit River Tribe and supporters ended a powwow at the tiny community of Hat Creek and moved on Lassen Volcanic National Park. They were confronted by marshals and park rangers stationed with rifles behind a barricade. The Indians indicated they would make another attempt at a tract 70 miles away owned by the Pacific Gas and Electric Company. These current plans of these Indians uh, for reclaiming lands, call for reclaiming lands held by the Pitt River Tribe prior to the settlement of California. 
Mickey Gemmill, chairman of the Pitt River Indian Council, said the government has cheated us and swindled us and robbed us. Right, Mickey. The disputed right lands on, are in Shasta, Lassen, Siskiyou, and Modoc counties. They stretch from portions of Shasta Lake to Lassen National Park and the Cascade Region. Now listen to this. The Pitt River Indians claim to this new area, as big as the state of Connecticut, is based on Indian rights to the land which even the federal government conceded were legitimate in 1959. However, the government contends the tribe has agreed to relinquish rights to its native land in return for a portion of a $29 million federal settlement offered to all California Indians, which, has not, yet, which has not yet been paid. That's right, because they have not yet been uh, received. I mean, a lot of the Indians don't want it. They do own the state of California and the state of Florida by white man law. I mean, just by simple on the books, hey, it says here the Indians own Florida. And there's just, mm. well, what does that mean, man? I mean, does it mean everybody's going to get up and leave or start paying rent to the Indians? Yeah, right. Who are the Indians, anyway? Just a guy says, hey, my name's uh, Squawfoot, right? And, uh, like, I know that my great-grandfather was an Indian that lived here. Do you guys know that? To do is so what? One sixteenth Indian. Yeah? It sounds like Germany, right? right? Anybody here who's one sixteenth Indian can have part of this $29 million. Get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that a flower bomb was thrown at uh, at uh, the wife of the Prime Minister, Harold Wilson, over in England? A flower bomb? Yeah, F-L-O-U-R. really in, in good taste over yeah. there. Yeah. A flower, and a hard, he was hit in the air by a hard-boiled egg, however. Which <laughs> he was. Yes. He <laughs> says, now, now, as gentlemen Tories, you must behave. The Conservatives are a gentlemanly party, he said. He said that they uh, may throw the eggs, but uh, all the arguments are on our side, and all the eggs are on theirs. Uh, Mr. President, Mr. President, will the uh, senator yield? I uh, yield. Uh, Mr. President, will the senator tell us whether the proposal of the senator from New Jersey provided for a board which was an independent board, such as the senator from Vermont is proposing, or whether it provided for a board which would be within a department similar to the former board? Uh, Mr. President, I, I want to be corrected if I am wrong. I think the membership would have been uh, composed of five, two of which would have represented the union, two of which would have represented the operators, and the fifth would have represented the public, so to speak. It, it was not a completely independent board, such as I am proposing at this time. Uh, there, there is the difference. Uh, Mr. President, I was wondering if uh, that not might be a substa uh, substantial a difference. I think uh, the proposal which I have made, which would provide for a full-time qualified board, could... Uh, you know, the Far Center record, uh, one of the early ones, ended with the dropping of... Uh, of books Eight million on hardbound copies of The Naked Lunch. On what? What country? On the last uh, uh, outpost of unhip resistance in northern Nigeria. Right. Here's a little article from a paper yesterday, Citizen News, strictly personal, by Sidney J. Harris. And by the way, it's, uh, I'd like to read the whole thing. I think it's a, he's really written an interesting article here. I almost lost control of my car on the expressway the other day. I was driving along listening to the radio when an announcer delivered a public service message. It was sponsored by a group called, are you ready, Bibles for Biafra. It seems that during the recent Nigerian Biafran hostilities, most of the Bibles had been bombed into oblivion, and there is a pressing need for the Lord's word in that part of the world. How can the human race possibly hope to survive when we are so full of absurd and fatal contradictions? What about the human beings who were blown to bits through no fault of their own? What about a bitter nationalistic rivalry that ignored and flouted every lesson in the Bible? Nothing has done organized religion more damage in the eyes of thinking people, and especially of youth, than its acquiescence in the act of war. If the Bible were really understood in the fullness of its, of its eschatology, excuse me, it sounds dirty, I know, but it's really not, eschatology, 
Look that one up, Gesundheit. Then the idolatry... No, don't, let's not lose his point here. Then the idolatry of nationalism would be abolished. The false god of the state would no longer be worshipped. And though people might continue to remain aggressive as individuals, this aggressiveness could no longer be commandeered by political leaders seeking their own power and glory under the guise of patriotism. Bibles are the last thing needed in Biafra in Nigeria or anywhere else if they are continued to be used as they have been in the past. What we ought to drop on them are 2,000 hardbound copies of the Naked Lunch. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, here's, yeah. here's something of interest for in, those of you... Oh, in, in, in line with this, I'd, I'd like to give the, the prayer for the, the, oh, the day good. in the House of Representatives that I haven't gotten a hold of here. The chaplain, Reverend Edward G. Latch, D.D., offered the following prayer. <laughs> Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I will keep it unto the end. <laughs> <laughs> All read, Daddy. Uh, 5941, you lose. Right. Here's something from the Osaka World Fair for those of you who are going to Expo 70. Uh, the little interview with a guy named Tange, Tange, who was in charge of, uh, he was the architect of it, and he was saying that he expected about 300 to 400,000 people peak there a day, and now they're getting more. <laughs> or get peaked yeah. there a day. Uh, if, we, if we even get over half a million, I don't know what will happen, the architect said. That, however, is not his headache. The man whose headache it is, ultimately is, Taizo Ishizaka, the octogenarian president of the association putting on the fair, who is one of Japan's chief businessmen and has also been its chief boy scout, has said that the ideal situation at the fairgrounds would be one in which nobody could move at all, because then there could be no accidents. <laughs> good. Oh, very good. Good thinking. Wonderful. He's only 80 years old. I'm only 80 years old. I have a going away present for Phil Proctor, which yeah? I think we should... Uh, present him here at this moment, which I found yesterday. It's wrapped it? in interesting wrapping <gasps> Oh, oh my. It's the, it's the, wait a minute, what does the wrapping paper say? One-way bottles, far out. And it's an, it's an original program from Olson and Johnson Hell's a Poppin' Show, which, which it so happens was the very first time I ever appeared on stage. I was, was yeah, I was run up on, on the stage right. I was show. in the audience, and there was a, uh, there were several sections where people were invited up on stage from the audience to participate in the tomfoolery, and I I went up, and uh, I forget I got kissed by a pretty girl. I remember that, and I remember also looking to the right and to the left and seeing fat stagehands smoking thick cheroots, hey, and that was my first introduction to show business. Listen, in yeah. Muskegon, it was New York.